0: I know you felt it, green and white, white and green, who are we the Celtics, who are we the Celtics, who are we the Celtics All right Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap I'm your host Guy DePosito and the Celtics beat the Charlotte Hornets 122-106 They have won their sixth straight game and this was, as Eddie House likes to call it, an absolute molly whopping In the second half, Celtics outscored the Charlotte Hornets 60 to 40 in the second half of play today. I'm going to follow today's podcast. Same as usual, run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows, Uh, wrap up talking about standings here, but to get things started, got to give player of the game to Malcolm Brogdon. And here's why this is a game. No Jalen Brown and Derek White started, played the first four minutes, had eight points in the first four minutes, looked really good. Like pull-up three, corner three, transition bucket from Tatum, looked really good. And Marcus Smart and him collide, Sprains has a neck sprain, didn't return to the game. So four minutes into this game, Derek White goes down, doesn't return. So no Jalen Brown, no Derek White for the large majority of the game. You need a guy to step up, and that guy was Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, Tonight, he ended the game 30 points, three rebounds, three assists, a steal, zero turnovers in 31 minutes. Played more minutes than he's used to playing, uh, but was super, super efficient. You look at the way Jason Tatum played today. He ended with thirty-three, nine, 9, and 6. Very easily could have given him player of the game. But you look at the efficiency between the two, and it is night and day. And again, not saying Jason Tatum played a bad game because he played a really solid game, led the team in plus minus with plus 26, really good out there. However, Malcolm Brogdon was as efficient as I have seen all year from him. 11 of 17 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. This is the best game that we've probably seen Malcolm Brogdon play all season long. And it happens when the Celtics desperately need it. And I'm not saying the Celtics were desperate for a win; they're not. They're leading the NBA in record and the Eastern Conference by like three and a half games coming into today. So they're not desperate for a win. But you're desperate for guys to step up in the absence of really solid role players, right? Jalen Brown is a superstar. He's an all he's an All NBA All Star player who's averaging 28 points a game, he goes down. You need guys to step up and pitch in on the offensive end. And in the past, or the last couple of games at least, we've had Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon both coming in and actually playing that role, filling that need. But now Malcolm Brogdon had to do it without Derek White because he also went down. So Malcolm Brogdon had to step into a role that he's not super used to playing Uh, because we've had guys like Derek White and Jalen Brown that can go out and get buckets. Malcolm Brogdon doesn't need to be the sole source of offense. So this was a really, really solid performance from him. And honestly, you look – the thing that stuck out to me the most in this one for Malcolm Brogdon and his case for player of the game, it was this very start of the fourth quarter. Celtics had a 10-point lead at the end of the third and the Celtics needed to get Al Horford, Robert Williams, Jason Tatum to rest because they played good minutes in this one. Uh, 37 for Tatum, 33 for Horford, 28 for Time Lord. They played big minutes, right? So the Celtics ran out a lineup to start the fourth quarter, right, of Brogdon, Pritchard, Cornette, Grant Williams, and Justin Jackson, Yes, I said it. Justin Jackson started the fourth quarter of today's game. And the Celtics actually extended the lead from 10 to 11 in like a a two-and-a-half-minute span, thanks in large part to a 7.2-minute stretch for Malcolm Brogdon. So he just stepped up, and when the guys needed him, he was there to provide. And it was just a really, really solid game from him. Again, he had support throughout this one. Jason Tatum really did play a solid game. The shooting's still off. I don't know what's going on with that wrist. You see it taped up. He talked about it post-game, last game, about it lingering for a long time. Again, he ended with 33, but he shot 12 of 27. The number's not good. 4 of 14 from 3. Like, they're bad. Bad, bad, bad numbers for Jason Tatum efficiency wise. Uh, clearly he's still going out making a huge impact because guys are doubling them today. He did a much better job passing out of doubles than he did last game. Uh, last game was brutal. And I talked about it on this podcast, but Jason Tatum did a much better job of getting other guys involved, uh, passing out of doubles and still being able to get shots up. Uh, so really solid overall game from him. Uh, But the guys that I think stepped up the most are your real role players. Uh, Al Horford, Peyton Pritchard played really solid games in this one. Al Horford to me is you're going to put him pretty high on the pedestal as far as like contributors in today's win. And we've seen the Celtics kind of go back to that two big lineup since Jalen Brown went down Uh, and Al Horford, just looks like a completely different guy when he's playing the four versus the five. I don't know if it's honestly, the offense hasn't really changed. It's more so on the defensive end, but he's still staying out by the three point line. It's not like when he was a five, he was going into the paint and trying to do anything in the paint. There was a reason he went like 30 games without getting a free throw attempt. It's because he lives at the three point line, but having Rob down there gives him so much more freedom. So much more freedom. Tonight, 16.7 rebounds, six assists, following another really solid assist game for him, two steals uh, on six of 10 from the field, four of seven from three. If Al Horford can give you those numbers, this team is unstoppable. Unstoppable. This is a really, really solid game for Al Horford. Um, And honestly, the other the other role player that I think deserves some credit in this one is Peyton Pritchard and the numbers shooting wise percentage wise look closer to Jason Tatum's and not Al Horford's or Malcolm Brogdon's like he was four of 11 from the field, one of six from three. It's not really great, right? But he had nine points, two offensive rebounds in a three rebound game, two assists and a steal was all over the place, creating extra opportunities, creating extra possessions for this Celtics team. So I am just super happy for Pritchard because the kid works his ass off and he's been so buried in the depth chart. Uh, and it's just, it's frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating for him. It's frustrating for me even thinking about it. But the fact that he is just going out and, continuing to stay ready and contribute, not strictly with his shot, but with rebounding, with creating opportunities for others. Like Peyton Pritchard's going out there and hustling his ass off, and it's paying off. So really happy with the play that we got from him. And when you talk about energy, when you talk about creating extra possessions, you you have to kind of pivot and talk about Robert Williams at that point too. You know, this was another solid, solid game from Robert Williams. I think defensively in this one, significantly better. But this was one of the one of the few games this season where we really, really saw his offensive rebounding come to life. And I'm not saying that he hasn't had an offensive rebound since he's returned, but this is vintage Robert Williams. So he had six offensive rebounds in this one. And – a lot of them are those like insanely specific tip passes. Like he sees a guy in the corner and instead of trying to go up and secure a rebound, he goes up jumping with one hand because he knows you can jump higher with one hand. And he just has a expertly positioned pass, like beautiful tip pass to the guy in the corner. And he creates so many extra possessions for this team. And it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful game to watch. We're not used to seeing that because he's the only one. He's the only one in the Celtics that really offensive rebounds like that. Peyton Pritchard gets his offensive rebounds because he'll just snake in the middle of guys. Robert Williams is just, he's mastered the craft of offensive rebounding. And this was a great example of it. Like, through and through, really solid game from him tonight. Um, another guy that played really well, Marcus Smart. And, again, I feel like everything that I'm I'm leading into with all of these players is the shooting wasn't there. Marcus Smart shot 5 of 15, 3 of 12 from 3. Like, you never want to see Marcus Smart taking 12 three-point shots. Uh, he was second behind Jason Tatum. 4 of 14. Like there's a reason that the Celtics shot 35% in this. And it really came down to the fact that both of those guys were miserable shooting. Miserable from beyond the arc. Uh, but Marcus Smart defensively was phenomenal. The one play that's like sticking in my brain and it's it's going to stay there for a while is the play where Terry Rozier went to pass to PJ Washington in the corner. And he picked up his dribble. Marcus Smart saw it and just immediately jumps the passing lane like two feet from Terry Rozier. Like he passed it directly to Marcus Smart because he read the pass before it happened. Got in the lane, took it right to the hand, sprints down, ends up dropping off a beautiful pass to Jason Tatum for the dunk and transition. Marcus Smart's making these plays all day long. And this is another... Double-digit assist game for him. the end of the night, 12 assists. 12 assists, two steals. Like, really good overall game. Contributed 13 points. But, again, it's not the points that really mattered in this one for Marcus Smart. It was the defense, and it was the playmaking. Uh, So, really, like, solid overall game from him. Uh, And, honestly, you saw really good minutes from Luke Cornett, too. This is, like, again, stat sheet-wise, doesn't really do much. Two points. Four rebounds, two of which were offensive. Had two blocks, though. Like Mike Gorman was talking about it on the broadcast. These aren't like 11 throwaway minutes. These are 11 productive Luke Cornett minutes. Like he's not coming in strictly to fill time. Like he went in the last three games, and he's been providing an actual impact. And it's been great to watch. I mean, any Celtics fans, like you're sitting here, and the beginning of the year, Luke Cornett looked good, like really good. Like I think a lot of people kind of went through that mindset of like, oh, okay, well, maybe we don't need a backup big. And then there was a two, three-week stretch where the entire team, not just Luke Cornett, the entire team played bad. Jason Tatum struggled. Malcolm Brogdon really struggled. Derek White really struggled. Right. Everybody on the team, besides kind of Jalen Brown in that stretch, looked really bad. And everybody kind of flipped their switch like that was the, the dark days of the season where people were talking about firing Joe Missoula. They were talking about needing to get another big. They were talking about needing to get a different wing because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum weren't doing it. it again. People overreact to a bunch of stuff. Uh, But since that stretch, and I've talked about it on this podcast, since Joe Mazzulla really called out that bench unit, everybody's stepped up. We've highlighted Grant Williams and Malcolm Brogdon, but Luke Cornett has too. He's had a couple of really solid games. I know I've talked about it on the podcast, but this is another solid one. And it doesn't necessarily show on the stat sheet, but overall, this guy is making an impact. He's coming in and he's making a really, really solid impact uh And it's just been it's been fun to watch. Really. Uh, this game. This game was frustrating in a couple different senses of the word because the Celtics gave up 34 points in the first 32 points in the second. We gave up 66 at halftime and we were down. Right. We were down at one point in the second quarter. We were down 16 points. And I'll give the Celtics a lot of credit. They battled their ass back. They upped the intensity on the defensive end. They were moving the ball. They were getting guys involved. But for a large portion of that first half, they did not look good, like at all. Everything on the defensive end looked broken. And this is a Charlotte Hornets team. I've talked about it on this podcast. They love to run. They're fast. They're athletic. But they're not a really good team. And the fact that the Celtics... We're really getting torched on the defensive end was tough, but the Celtics battled back and we're only down four at halftime. So that to me was a huge, huge win for the Celtics. And then the second half was an absolute wrap. Again, we outscored them 33 to 19 in that third quarter, 27 to 21 in the fourth. We outscored them 60 to 40 in the second half. This was a team, they had 66 points at halftime. We held them to 106. So it's a really solid come from behind win uh, against a team where, I mean, there was no reason to be behind. But the fact that the Celtics were able to kind of flip a switch, they talked about it on the broadcast, I'll say it here. They did. They flipped a switch midway through the second quarter. And it was just demoralizing. For the Hornets, like really, really bad. Uh, But overall, this is a good one. 36 assists on 47 makes. That assist percentage is crazy. Uh, The threes still not really there. 35.8% right around league average. So it's not terrible. Uh, But you'd like to see that number higher. Now, overall, solid game, but it wasn't perfect. So I want to talk about that. Before we dive into some of the negatives, I want to take a quick break. Work for word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms, your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain: as you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round. This weekend, just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Guys, it could not get easier. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN and new customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so got to talk through some of the negatives here. And honestly, a lot of it stems on the defensive end. Uh, You look at, again, more so first half than second half. Second half thought that Celtics played great. There's really no negatives to take from the second half at all. Uh, But in that first half, the Celtics defense really looked brutal. And I kind of alluded to it earlier. They were giving the Hornets whatever they wanted. Uh, and it wasn't the same exact sense of, you know, they were getting to the rim with ease, like we saw with the Thunder. Like there weren't layup lines going here. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, give them a little bit of credit. They were hitting a ton of their shots. They were 60% from the field and 50% from three through like a quarter and a half of this game. So you got to give the Hornets a little bit of credit for hitting tough shots. LaMelo had 20 points in like the first 15 minutes of the game uh, looked really good, really good. Um, But honestly, like guys got to get out and contest some of these shots. And it wasn't happening. We saw it a lot early on in this game where guys just, they were kind of going through the motions without really showing much effort. And fortunately we did that against a team like Charlotte, who's got 11 wins on the season. They were also down Gordon Hayward, no surprise there, uh, and Kelly Oubre. So two of their better players by far. So it's, again, the Celtics got lucky that they fell down 16 to a bad team and were able to come back. But if you do that, if you play that way, that 16-point deficit could be a 25-point deficit to a good team. And that 25 point deficit might not be something that the Celtics can overcome. Now, we've seen the Celtics through a large portion of this year play better than that. So it's not something that I'm overly concerned about, but it's not something you can ignore. Right. Outside of that, this was solid. I think the Celtics took too many threes. You know, if you're shooting, you know, they took. 99 shots, so basically hundred shots, and they took 53 threes. So they took over 50% of their shots from beyond the arc. So that number's tough. And it really, I mean, it shows they've got to the free throw line 10 times in this game. They were nine of ten. Normally, we're seeing Jason Tatum up around eight. We're seeing Jalen Brown up around eight, six, right? And then we've got other guys kind of spreading it out through there. But right now. In the starting lineup, with Tatum, Horford, Time Lord, Smart, and Derek White, again, who only played four minutes, we had six combined free throws. That's tough. And then Brogdon was the only guy on the bench that got to the free throw line. And I don't think that it was all because guys weren't driving, uh, but they weren't super, super aggressive trying to get to the rack in this one. And that's one thing I would love to see changed because I've said it on this podcast, I'll say it again, this team is best when guys are driving to the rim hard and either going up with it or finding a guy for an open shot. But it all stems from hard drives and we didn't see a ton of it tonight. So I'd like to see the Celtics kind of get back to that. Uh, Again, the Celtics are staying overnight in Charlotte uh, and they play again there Monday night. So this is a, a unique situation where you've got back-to-back away games, but it's in the exact same city. So the Celtics actually have the opportunity to kind of relax for a day, uh, watch some NFL football on top of their film, which I'm sure they're going to do. Uh, but they have a chance to kind of relax and treat it like it would be a home game for them. So this is a it's a unique opportunity to have back-to-back away games in the same city. Uh, I can't really say away. It is an away game, but it's also a one o'clock game because of Martin Luther King Day. So it's a, again, it also is a unique situation because of that. But at this point, the Celtics, they, you know, came out with a 16 point win in this one, improved to 32 and 12. Uh, And looking at the standings, this is just a fun, fun season for the Celtics so far. Take away that bad two week stretch of like five and five basketball. The Celtics are sitting with the best record in the NBA and we've got a three and a half game lead over Brooklyn, a four and a half game lead over Milwaukee. And these just continue to stretch like the Celtics continue to win and they're continuing to look really good. Um, And you look at I mean, again, this is this is typically a better barometer of where the Celtics stand in the NBA and it's scoring differential. You know That's what you look at to see like who's really, really outperforming teams. And the Celtics lead the NBA in that too. 6.3 scoring differential. The next closest is 5.3. So by the Grizzlies, that's an entire point. It's a huge, huge difference when it comes to this uh, particular stat. And the Celtics are just doing everything right. Doing everything right. We're second in the NBA in points per game and the opponent points per game is getting better. Like it's continuously getting better right now. It's not like we're sitting at eighth, but the defensive efficiency is significantly higher. Like right now we're, I believe sixth in defensive efficiency in the entire NBA. And those numbers again, keep getting better. I talked about it last time, but we had three of our last five games. We held teams under a hundred That's phenomenal. The Celtics are playing really, really good basketball right now. And right now, I mean, we're sitting, this is our sixth straight win. Mavs, Spurs, Bulls, Pelicans, Nets, Hornets. And then we're right back playing the Hornets on Monday, who we just beat by 16 today. So, I mean, this is an opportunity for a seven-game win streak. And that's just another opportunity. For the Celtics to continue to stretch that lead in the Eastern Conference, uh, and when you're down, Jalen Brown, the opportunity to stretch a lead is pretty damn impressive. Uh, that's where we're going to wrap things up for today. If you haven't done so already, guys, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to join our Facebook page, Boston Celtics till I die, and our YouTube page, Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We will talk soon. Yeah. Can't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics?